Hello and welcome to Vet Club. It's Vet Talk time. We're going to talk. Tofu, are you going to talk? Maybe I'm doing the music. <laughs> you can't do both? I need you to work on that. You got to be able you got to be able to push the little slider up and down for the music while talking. The audience demands it. That's that we we got a lot of requests for that actually. No, I, didn't. Ha- I had dozens and dozens of emails of people saying, "Hey, we really need Topher to talk during the intro music. It's awkward when he doesn't." I have the receipts. <laughs> so for this talk today, I'm actually um, we we actually did um, have somebody there. This is a request show, which are maybe my favorites. Um, I because you don't I, have to think of something to talk about. Well, yeah, that's I mean that's a nice feature, but it's also really nice um, to hear from listeners to say like, "Hey." This is what we want you to talk about. Um, cool. I, like the whole point of us doing this is for it to be useful for people. I mean, I think you and I have fun, but we could have fun without recording. Yeah. <laughs> you and I could just have fun. Um, but we, we also want this to be helpful and useful. Um, I, ideally, a little bit entertaining at times as well. Um, but so, yeah, I would encourage more of you if you have an idea that you would like us to talk about, either because we've never talked about it or we have and you want us to expand. Um, yeah, share with us what um, would be helpful. So uh, this episode, a shout out to Ute. Um, apologies if I did not pronounce your name correctly, but the request was for us to talk more specifically. This is uh, specifically about preparing for boards. Um, in this case, particularly ECC boards, which is what I have a particular expertise in, having done it what? one time. You've but, done it more than one time. Prepared for... Well, I guess prepare for it. It's like you made the board exam yeah, that's, like five or six that times. Is, that is different, but it does give me some new perspective. Um, the other thing that I think gives me some new perspective that I can probably do a, a better job of ex, like giving advice about studying now. Um, and I can share my perspective, what I did and what I think helped me, but I have a little more understanding and expertise on why some things probably helped and other things maybe didn't help so much. Um, as I've, um, started taking classes for an educational psychology masters. And so I'm learning more of the theory. More letters. Yeah. There's so many letters after your name. I think I'm just going to start just like making us come up too. like yeah. nobody will know you just throw some letters that's my advice to you if you're like not feeling bad because you don't have enough letters just put some afterwards nobody's gonna know nobody's Bobby gonna check Connor, either Connor, dvm Pre- pretty Jack sure nobody Vec, check med i think it's just it'll just be an ma ma meh meh anyhow but i am learning some fun stuff about why some study um techniques probably would work better than others. Um, so yeah, that's the plan. So we're going to talk uh, a little bit about how I studied for boards, what I thought worked. Um, you, As you already suggested, I have additional perspective having been on and chaired the exam committee for ACFEC um, for several years. I was on the committee for several, chaired it for a couple. And so I think I can I can give a pretty broad... Yeah, you know what's on the oh, test. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not like what's on the test specifically, because I'm not on the committee anymore, but like how, yeah, how do we make it? What, what are we aiming for? So, um, let me, should I just start with what I did? Yeah. And then we can critique it. Okay. So here's what I did. As much as I can remember, I like some of the details may be a little fuzzy, but what I recall is as I was approaching the end of my third year of my residency and like, um, you know, the pressure starts looming like, holy crap, I'm going to have to start studying for boards. So there's two aspects of it. Um, there is the like, oh, this is st- scary and stressful, but also like, this is kind of cool that I'm going to have time to dedicate to just like 
immersing myself in this stuff and to focus on it. Um, so one important aspect of preparing for boards, I think, is to have a plan for how are you going to live during this time? <laughs> so the so way- you've been being underpaid for three, four years. Yes. Your yeah, more than that. A like lot of people for was my your whole first life. Four years. <laughs> my whole life, <laughs> I've not been making any money, and taking on a lot of debt. It was really like mathematically very uh, ill-advised, uh, <laughs> but uh, especially if you were trained in the U.S. But at any rate, I I was clever enough to at the beginning of my residency tell my parents to prepare to take in their adult child. <laughs> for like a few months after the, like, by the way, I'm going to come back and live with you and mooch off of you. You know how I, went, I got study. an undergrad degree and then I got an and then advanced I became a degree doctor. and then I did an internship and, and now I finished my and residency. I'm very poor. <laughs> I need to live with you. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. So I, but I had, because that's illogical. I had been preparing them for years. Now I recognize that there's a privilege in that and not everybody has that as an option. Other people might have other better options, like a partner who can help support them during that time. Um, but I, I would encourage you to consider in advance, like, what are you going to do? Um, if you have to work somewhere part-time, do that. Now the good news is in ECC, you could, you could work some relief shifts, you could do two shifts. Like you could say, I'm going to take two days a week and I'm going to work two shifts and you can make a good bit of money, especially right now. Um, so if you have to do that, like do that. And I get that. Take take two days a week um, to support yourself for the rest of the week so that you can focus on studying if that's what you need to do. Uh, if you don't know how to find relief work, email me, man. Yeah. I will Or help get you it in your that. contract if you got a job that somewhere. Is, that is the best thing to do. So like you're typically, end. most people are going to have a job. Try to work that into your contract that you're going to start getting paid uh, before they actually like expect you to work in the hospital. Um, and there's lots of different ways that can be sorted. And that's not what the show is going to be about. So I'm, we're not going to talk too much about it, mm -hmm. but figure out a plan. Um, and, and maybe that's another show we can do is like, how should you try oh, yeah, to negotiate contract that? Discussions. Yeah, that's another one. All right. Table that Remi you have to remember. Cause I'm going to forget. Maybe we'll find somebody that knows this stuff a little better. Oh, that's probably smart. <laughs> they can tell me all the things that I'm wrong about. Yeah. That actually would be a really good show. Okay. Uh, file that away. So, but have a plan so that you can focus on studying. So that's what I, my plan was mooch off my parents, which was a good plan and it worked pretty well. Um, the other thing that I tried to do before study time actually came was to create a, an outline, a timeline for what I was going to do during that time. Uh, and I, I intentionally, so I, what I did is I picked it like by topics, like what topics was I going to cover in certain days and times and not days and times, not times days. Like this day, I'm going to cover these things. Some topics are bigger that I dedicated like two days to cardiovascular stuff. And like three topics were covered over one day, like nutrition or, you know, whatever it happened to be. Now, how do you come up with those topics, Bobby? Well, that's a good question, Topher. Um, that was also <laughs> a very good impression of my voice. <laughs> so I used, uh, at the time, the uh, first edition of the Silverstein and Hopper uh, critical care. So we're, we're covering the small animal critical care medicine second edition. That didn't exist back then. Um, but very, it hadn't been that long that the first edition was out. And so I kind of used that as my outline, like to just come up with a list of topics because some other people had already done that. They're like, here is the list of topics that we think are important for critical care medicine. And I was like, that seems relevant. Mm -hmm. And these are, you know, prominent folks in the college. Um, so that was sort of my 
starting point. And then I tried to think of like, what, what doesn't this cover? Um, and, and just from a topic standpoint at this point, this wasn't about, did they cover everything in the chapter on that subject that I need to know? No, that wasn't the issue. Um, but just like come up with an outline for the topics and tried to be strategic about dedicating time, um, to the, you know, most important topics and, or the harder topics or things like that. I also, when I was creating this, had to consider what were the areas that I thought were strengths for me? What are the things that like, I'm really good at because I really like these things or I, you know, I've spent time, you know, my research project was on this. So maybe I don't need to spend as much time because I already know that stuff pretty well. So I tried to be strategic about and, and honest with myself about what are the things that I'm already pretty good at and what are the things that, that I'm naturally going to want to avoid spending time on and I'm going to have to because those mm. are not the things I like. So I had this like, what does overview. research say about that sort of thing? Like, so there's the thing, mm. should you get better at the things you're already good at so that you will get a hundred percent on them on the exam or should you, cause the things that you're not good at, maybe it's just something that's like, I'm just never going to completely understand this and I'm going to get one point instead of zero. I'm going to address that in a slightly different way. Um, I don't know that there's any research, like, cause it's really going to depend on the exam, right? Yeah. So like focus on your weaknesses or focus on your strengths. So I guess I had used that same strategy previously when I was studying for the NAVLE. Um, so when I took the NAVLE, which is the national board exam um, for U.S. students to like at the end of vet school, like in order to be licensed in the U.S., you have to pass your national board exam. And it's largely covering dogs and cats, but there's a portion of it that's on horses and then cows and then a little bit less on some of the other species. And lucky for me, I was, you know, a small animal focused student. And so the vast majority of the exam was for me. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, I know most of this stuff pretty well just by going through vet school and doing clinics and that sort of thing. So I disproportionately studied for the horses and the cows and the pigs and the things, even though they made up a smaller proportion of the exam, I still studied for small animal stuff, but I didn't, I didn't, if 75% of the exam was small animal, 75% of my studying was not small animal. It was probably more like 50, 50 or something like that. So I, I did adjust and that served me well, I think. Maybe it was dumb luck. Um, and that's possible, but it's and it, but it's possible I've been lucky multiple times. But I, I took that same approach. Like I know this stuff pretty well. Once I'm done with passing this board, then I can go back to like focusing on the things that I'm excited about and I want to get really good at. Um, but I also know that it's a little bit harder <clears throat> to get into that stuff. Um, now I'm, I'm currently learning more about like motivation and things like that. And there are different things that motivate people, things that you're interested in. It's easy to be motivated because you're already interested in it. Things that you think are useful. Those are, that's a motivating thing. I think this will be useful for me, so I should spend time doing it. Um, and, and so it's trying to find the balance between that because I'm, more likely to spend time on something that I'm interested in and I find useful. But if I, everything comes at a cost, right? Every time I'm studying that, I'm not studying something else. So I just was trying to make those choices. Um, so I had this outline. That was my, that was my starting point. But then I also had to think, okay, well, so then what am I going to study during those times? Now the college, ACVEC puts out like a list of resources <laughs> that, but it's too many things. Yeah, it's like 200 it's like seminal works or the something. The entirety of human knowledge is what, and it's not quite, we've limited a little bit. I don't bit think I've ever there. told this story on the podcast. What story? 
So there was one time in one of my classes, it was, um, it was electromagnetism. Okay. Our professor, our son, we were about to have a test. It's like oh yeah. I know this the right fourth now. <laughs> or fifth test. And, uh, someone raised their hand and asked the question. This is every professor's is, favorite question. What is the test going to be on? And <laughs> she was like, she's like, I don't understand the question. And, um, yeah, so he was like, well, we're just wondering like what um, sections in the book. Like, what we do we should, need to know? Yeah, yeah. What should we study more? And she's just like, I don't know. Um, it, it was just like, she was, didn't just understand the question. Yeah. And then she comes in the next day and it was you like, thought about it after thinking about this, I've decided I've, I have come up with the answer to your question. And um, she's like, for this test, you will need to review section 5.1 section 5.2 section 5.3 she just listed, listed every section in the like three chapters that we had like in all series and at first like everybody's writing it down and they're like oh she's just listing all of them so and i don't even think she was joking she wasn't being sarcastic right she was just like i think i understand your question yeah and let me answer it for you and it was it was <laughs> so funny pretty amazing she just listed every, we hadn't even gone over some of the sections. Like, I, I actually aspire like one day that somebody will ask a question and I can do this. I'd be like, you know what? That's a really good question. I'm going to need some time to prepare and then to come back and just pull out the syllabus and like list all of the things. Yeah. It's pretty snarky. It's, it's a silly me, question nobody would for believe a class was, like that too. No, no one would. Because there's only answers. like, there's only like six questions we can ask. Yeah. You can't do the rest. So... Yeah, you can try emailing the exam committee folks about what's going to be on the exam. And the answer is everything. Everything. So a couple things to note, like when the exam committee is writing the exam, every single question has to be able to be have two references, two different. You can't refer to the same chapter twice, right? So we have to be able to document two different places in that entirety of those things where you can find it. Most of the time you can find it in multiple places. Isn't it unless um, it's like a journal? The exception would be if the question is about what did they say in this journal article, mm -hmm. right? Like what did this study find? Because there is only one reference for that. Um, and so I'll get to what I did for, for reviewing the journals and things like that. But so I had my overview, my outline of all the topics. And then, so I, I basically created a reverse timeline, right? The exam is this date. I'm going to finish my residency this date. And I worked in, I, I had some days built in for like catch up in case like I estimated wrong and I need more time on this. So I, I you know, worked those in throughout. Um, also worked in like some days off, like don't do things this day. Review days, I worked in, okay, once I've gone through this, I need a day to review. And then I scheduled myself to finish new, covering new material. None of it should be new, new, but like for my study thing, new material, I can't remember now if it was like two, I think two weeks before the exam. Two weeks before the exam, I wanted to have covered all the things that I, that was my target. And I wanted the last two weeks to just be time to like review things and, and go back through or have like extra time for things I needed to spend more time on. And so I started with a timeline. Then I was gathering like, what am I going to do? Uh, what I ended up doing, and I, I don't know if I totally remember exactly how I, I got to this strategy, but I had organized a few different resources starting with the Silverstein and Hopper critical care book. And then, you know, kind of skimmed through those chapters and looked like, which ones do I know are not sufficient? And they're, you know, cardiovascular as far as like, I knew there was so much more that would need to be covered. So I had other, other books set aside for that to review certain topics. Um, 
I, I, a lot of it I still did use uh, the Silverstein and Hopper book to, they would mention a thing. I was like, okay, I need to get to another source to dig in deeper for that. Um, I mean, a lot of the things I'd already reviewed during the residency. So I was aware of resources that I need to go into that a little bit more. So that, that was certainly helpful. Um, but so I, I identified what are the other resources. And, um, and so that was helpful. But I also in that, in that schedule that I created, I also put aside days for literature review. So I peppered those kind of throughout. Um, and then I'll re remind me to come back and talk about what I did with the literature review. So philosophically, what I had decided when I started studying, and this is kind of answering your earlier question, it was more important to me to review a limited amount of material, like go into a limited amount of material and know it really well, understanding that I was going to have to sacrifice exposing myself to other materials, but I didn't, what I didn't want to do, I didn't want to get to the exam and see a question and be like, Oh, I looked at that, but I don't remember what yeah, it was. That's what we do. I did a lot of like math competitions and yeah. stuff. It's, it's like you learn I, all the stuff that you are pretty sure is going to be on there. And so like for math, like 30, 60, 90 triangles, all the stuff about that, yeah. things that are quick and easy that you can like guarantee just, points. This is going to be on And here, then yeah. you can run through and bam, bam, bam. And then everything else you can go back and yeah, kind of work out. With the extra out. time you have, yeah. Like it probably works in the same, that just like bang out everything that you know. Which is still a quick. lot of stuff. Yeah. And then, um, and then go back and yeah. answer the, like logic out the questions. Cause yeah. you, if you have that you foundation, that can it. be really helpful. And there are some topics, but I, but I wanted to get to the exam and be like, yes, I know what they're asking and boom, I can just turn this out. And I, I understood that I would get to certain questions and be like, yep, not, I don't know. And I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to guess based on what I do know, but I'm understanding that there's no way for me to know everything on the exam. Like I'm not going to get hundred percent. If I did, they would probably investigate me for cheating. So like I, I did try to remind myself that the goal was not to get a hundred percent, but I wanted to pass. And in order to do that, I wanted to make sure the stuff I knew, I knew well. That's what surprised me when, uh, so the exam switched to all on a computer recently. Mm -hmm. And I thought people would, um, people would hate that because, no. but everybody loved it. Cause it's I, cause like, I feel like us. it's easier to go through the exam and like, okay, I know this one, boo, and you just like skip yeah, through I see what you're saying. and get all the ones that you know, and then yeah. go back. Whereas in the computer, you kind of have to like, you, so the software, but them. the software has a way to like flag a question. Yeah. Um, if you know how to use it and see, that's the thing. Everybody's younger than us. And, yeah. um, and so they knew how to use this stuff or they, they were just better at it. It's more intuitive for them, but you could like flag a question um, to be like, I want to come back to this later if there's time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, actually most people preferred it on the computer because typing yeah. is better and yeah, stuff I like that. I thought they were going to hate it and no, everybody the vast loved majority, it. The vast majority of people, there was a few people who didn't love it, but the yeah. vast majority preferred it. They're probably it. old like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but so when I got to the exam, I felt like that strategy worked for me because I would get to a question and be like, it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster because I was like, oh yeah, I know this question. I know exactly, like I can picture in like where in this book or which book it was and what they said. I know what they want. I know exactly what they want. And um, boom, 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 boom. And I write it out and give them my answer. This was for the short answer portion. And I'd be like, cool, cool, cool. And you'd answer a series of questions related to that. Feeling good, yeah. And then you get to the next one and be like, oh, yep, okay, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> and so then you'd be on a bit of a low and you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna do the best I can. And so there were some ups and downs for sure. Um, but I didn't really... I mean, there were definitely times where the question would ask me like, I don't, I don't know for sure if this is what they want, but I'm going to do the best I can. Um, but I, I didn't 
really remember coming to a question where I was like, oh, I definitely reviewed this. I know, but I can't remember what what it was. It wasn't like that hazy, it's just out of reach. It was either, yes, I definitely know this, or I don't think I covered this at all. <laughs> and I'm rather annoyed by that. Like, they shouldn't be asking me this. I took that very indignant. I can't believe they're asking me this. Oh, yeah. I would have been like, oh, this is easy. I just don't know it. Yeah. Done. And it was, and it allowed me to go through and not run out of time as well, <laughs> because I was like, there's no use stressing about the parts. Right. That yeah. If know. you don't know it, just I don't. Guess. Exactly. So guess and move on. So that's more test taking strategies. Okay. So that was my philosophy going in. I'm going to understand that certain topics I'm just not going to have time for. And I tried to be strategic about that too. Like, what do I know is really, I know they're going to ask me a ventilation question. I know they're probably going to ask something about CPR. They're going to ask me a ton of cardiovascular stuff. They're going to ask me respiratory physiology stuff. They're probably going to ask some kidney related stuff. Like there are certain things I'm like, I know they're going to ask me some of these. There's going to be some fluid therapy questions. There's going to be some analgesic questions. There's probably going to be some antibiotic mechanism of action questions. Like there's just certain things that I was anticipating um, because those types types of questions come up all the time. So I know I have to know this stuff. You know, there was also like, oh, but what about all the chemotherapeutic drugs? And I was like, they might ask me about that, but that's, I'm going to sacrifice that. Because knowing the mechanisms of actions of chemotherapy drugs was just not a huge priority for me and not something that I felt was going to be important walking around knowledge for me as a criticalist. So I was like, I am okay. If they ask me a question about the mechanism of action of cyclophosphamide, blah, blah, blah. I know in general, some of the things, but I'm probably going to lose points on that. But if they ask me the mechanism of actions of antiarrhythmic drugs, I am ready. <laughs> like I am so ready for that. And that's also stuff that I'm, I'm more likely to use later. So I, I made some prioritization questions strategically, but also like practically for what I thought was useful for me. So I did that. What I would literally actually do. So I'd get to a topic and because I'd use the Silverstein and Hopper table of contents essentially to come up with things, one of the first things I did, um, and I know now this is probably helpful um, from a understanding learning, I would just read that chapter, just read it. That was it. I was all I was doing is reading. And this is uh, helpful. It's called priming. So I was just getting my brain like, thinking about this topic. So not trying to accomplish really anything, but just familiarizing myself. And the chapters in um, the Silverstein and Hopper book are all pretty short. So it wouldn't take me very long. And most of them I read at some point or another. So I'm, I'm reading pretty quickly. Um, and I was like, okay, I have a general familiarity with this. I know where this whole chapter is going. I know the topics. And then I would go back through a second time and just highlight the things that I thought I, I, I didn't know inside and out. Or like, so one... Is it relevant to know for the exam? I'm, and I'm making a judgment on that. Maybe I was wrong sometimes. But is it? do I think this is relevant and testable information? And do I not know it inside now? Because if it was something I already just knew, I'm like, this was, I did this every day on clinics. Then I didn't highlight it because that would be a waste of my time. I think that's a good point that you said that, is it testable? Right. Like, can they ask me a question yeah. about this? Can I imagine somebody So much of like my degree with the mm -hmm. physics is they can't ask you that question yeah. because you can't do it without a like... Like a supercomputer. A supercomputer. Yeah. So yeah. like when we had... Um, I took quantum mechanics. There were literally only two questions that they could ask <laughs> that you. That they could plausibly ask you. <laughs> and that and even those were ridiculously hard yeah. so that you could do them at home. Yeah. So the professor was like, you know what's on the test. Just, yeah. Just prepare yourself yeah. for that. Yeah. These two questions. So yeah, it was going through and like, can I imagine how they would ask that question or that again, it's testable because I, you, you know that they have to be able to reference it and there has to be one right answer, 
right? In order for this to be a valid test or, you know, if not one right answer, they're going to have to accept multiple answers. And then I'm, I'm, you know, so I would go through highlight. Then, then I would go back through uh, a third time, just looking at the highlighted portions and I would write questions. Um, and these were usually short answer questions. In fact, they were almost exclusively short answer questions. I so I would get three by five note cards. This was before, like now there's like apps that you can do this kind of thing on. But uh, old timey, so I had a stack. They used and to stacks. sell them in the bookstores. Yeah, you get a, like a whole <laughs> thing. I, I don't bet they don't do that anymore. I don't know. Just, I had yeah. one of those little like recipe plastic books to keep all my three by five cards, and I had a crap ton of three by five cards. And so then I would just write anything that was highlighted and sometimes, you know, more than one question. If I thought there was different things, I would write questions and then the answers would be on the back of the flashcard. So I'd get, you know, depending on the length of the question, three, four questions per um, note card. And this was good because now, because I wasn't, it wasn't just general things. I was trying to create a plausible exam question that they might ask. So I know now from, um, again, my studies that that process of trying to think through what could we ask, I'm like trying to apply this and I'm generating my own questions, which actually creates deeper um, kind of connections in my brain to convert these things from short-term memory to long-term memory. I, that, that I, now that's not why I said I was doing this. That wasn't mm -hmm. the reason, but that was probably a really helpful um, sort of tactic, a study tactic that I um, unwittingly took on. Yeah. I think you did another one too, because you had your parents. Yeah. So, I, so I had these flashcards. Your parents is going to, a lot of the words you can't, like yeah. a normal person they can't say. Yeah. They would so blame my them, handwriting, but. <laughs> them saying it wrong also cements mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Just because it's like, oh yeah, my dad said it like this. Yeah. Like little, like mnemonic. Well, and also there was some more of that, um, I have to generate the answer myself. Because again, as I said, these were short answer questions. It wasn't multiple choice where I get to see a list of options and recognize something. So writing these flashcards was great, but I also had to go through them. And sometimes I would do it by myself. I would look at the flashcard and then be like, is that the right answer? No, check. And then double check myself. And then, yeah, because I was living with my parents, we'd go for walks or we'd go do things and they would read the questions to me and then check my answers. Um, so that was good. I liked that because then I'm hearing it. So then I'm, it's kind of a multimedia approach, not just seeing it, but also hearing it. And so trying different things. And so then I would go through my flashcards. I'd make a, a chunk of flashcards on that topic for the day or something like that. And then <clears throat> I would group them together and then I would go through them. And when I felt like for this topic, I'm like, I've gone through this enough. So I did a lot of repetition. This is maybe not as good um, from a studying standpoint, like repetition is good. Um, but I probably could have used my time a little bit more wisely by trying different approaches rather than just this one. But I would go through those flashcard questions. And if I would get a question wrong, I would like put a little asterisk or highlight that question. And that's, that card would go in a separate stack versus if I got all the questions right, that went in a different one. So I would I would shrink up my question stack, my stack of cards. Did you put one that like, if you were like, I think it's this. Yeah, no, I had to be confident okay. and get, and get yeah. it right. So if I was like, I think it's this, but I wasn't really confident, even if I got it right, it would still get highlighted and go into, you need to do this until you know it, until you're like, I know for sure what that is. Now, the problem is I'm recognizing the questions, right? Am I really learning? So, but I think, I think I was, because again, they were short answer. I still had to generate them. So I would separate things into, okay, she's gotten all the questions on that card. She feels like she knows them really well. And then here's the stack and that stack would get smaller and smaller and smaller until I felt like, okay, that topic. Um, and so this yeah, I would build up. Essentially defining the things that you need to like I need to work memorize. On yeah. 
or just, you know, try a few more ways. So again, if I were doing it today, I would probably maybe start with that, but then with those topics that I wasn't getting, do something different, right? Mm -hmm. I would probably say, I need to try a different modality or a different study method, or maybe I need to um, write a different type of question and then make sure I can answer it from different ways because I clearly don't know this well enough. But it, it was it's not a bad way of doing it. Repetition is good. And... Um, okay, so I would do that, and then, but each day I'm making new flashcards. I'm making new flashcards, um, and, and every day I'm also reviewing prior flashcards until I feel like I've got that right, and I've got my separate stacks, and so on and so forth. Uh, but I was keeping the stacks together by topic as well, so trying to keep them somewhat organized, um, so I knew what I was reviewing. So that was pretty good, and then. So I would do that through the Silver Sheen and Hopper, but then I would also recognize, like, identify other resources on that topic. Like, okay, so now I'm going to go to um, the Tilly, you know, ECG book, and I'm going to get some more information there. I'm going to practice some stuff on that, and then for my um, journal articles day. So this is this is my advice for the journal articles. A couple things: you have three years worth of journal articles to cover of the required journal. So know what that list is, and know that it's basically the three years of your residency, not even the entire. Well, yeah, it's three years. Um, so if you are taking boards in 2023, then you are responsible for, right now there's 10 required journals. You are responsible for those 10 journals for 2020, 2021, and 2022. Those three calendar years is what you are responsible. That all of those are fair game for the exam. Okay. That's a lot. That's a crap ton of articles. Yeah, 10 journals. That is a crap ton of, over three years. Some of them it's come a lot. out monthly, right? Yeah. Some of them are more often than that. Some of them are twice a month. Some of them are quarterly. Like it's a ton. It's a ton. It is more than a person can, a normal person can consume and retain. So I strategized. <laughs> and so what I did is I said, okay, there's a couple journals that I think like I, I need to know. So JVEC was one. So the Journal of Veterinary Emergency Critical Care is kind of our main journal for our college. That I got to focus on that one. Um, and then I was sort of strategic about the other journals and what I would do. It, it doesn't take that long to pull up three years worth of those journals and skim the titles, right? And because like some of them, like New England Journal of Medicine. <laughs> Most of the answers would be just in the title. Yeah, a lot of them are. There's a tricky thing that they will do about that though. So stay tuned. But like New England Journal of Medicine is a human medical journal. And so there's some really like, there's a few like huge things in there, but the vast majority is not directly relevant to us. So I made some judgments and I skimmed the titles and I eliminated things that I was like, nope, 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 that's not relevant to me. Or like JAVMA would be one where like, oh, this is on orthopedics or this is on guinea pigs or this is like, nope, nope, nope. So I would just do a first cull and I would remove anything that I thought was like definitely not relevant. Knowing that there was a possibility that something in there was relevant that somebody's going to ask a question. I'm just going to be like, too bad. I just can't know. Yeah, all I think things. another thing to keep in mind is the test is not, you don't have to get like, oh, you get an 80 or you fail. No. Like it's the pass like point 65% is 65% or something like that. Perform. Yeah. So if nobody gets that question, and I right, think usually there's like a clear, like you there can see the is. two curves. Yeah. Like here's the curve of people that are going to pass. And here's the curve yeah. of people that don't pass. Yeah, it usually is. And again, you don't, you're, the, the pass point is not anywhere near 80%. <laughs> like you, you're going to miss a lot of points on this. And so it's okay. Like you are going to miss a bunch. Not too many, hopefully. But um, so anyway, I'm making these sacrifices knowing that like if there's some random thing, but also thinking about it from the standpoint of, is this relevant for me in my career? 
because I also have to make that judgment all the time in my career. Like I can't read everything. (laughs) There is not time. If that was my full-time job just to read all, I still don't know if I could get through it. And so um, I had to be practical about that. So I went through titles and just cut out a bunch of things just based on the title. Then on the second pass, I would read just the abstract and I would try to figure out like, do I think I got enough from the abstract or from there I would identify which articles do I think are important enough that I should read the whole article. And, and that I called a lot more. So I've read the abstract and I would try to write again, flashcard questions. What I thought, because I know what the limits are, right? They'd have to ask you questions on the methods or the results. They can't ask you somebody's opinion on, from the discussion or things like that. It has to be like, what did they do? What did they find? What did they report? That was it. That was the only, that's the only stuff that's fair game because everything else is opinion and you need somebody's second reference for it. So I would ask, you know, I would put questions on my flashcards about the results. Like what were the main results? I focused on the main results. Now, could they ask me some minutia, like the the fourth most important finding in this stuff? Yeah, they could, but I was playing the odds. Yeah, no one else is going to get that question right anyway. I was so playing the odds. Yeah. Like out. the people who were at the facility where they did the research, those people know. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is like, I don't think this is that important. So again, strategizing, calling things, playing the odds. I also didn't realize... I was like, if the title reveals the most important thing, then I didn't write a question about that because I'm like, they have to give me the title. Turns out they redact part of the title if the title gives you the answers. And I was like, well, how do I know which article did the whole, like I based this on knowing (laughs) the title. So I kind of take a little issue with that. And we never did that when I was exam committee chair. I can tell you that. Um, I was like, no, you're just going to have to ask a different question or pick a different article. Um, cause I, I don't like that. I'm like, but wait, <laughs> I based my study on the fact that, the, cause I would always write the question according to blah, 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 blah. And I'd write the title in there. So if it's in the title, but yeah, it turns out there were some questions where they just redacted that part of the title that gave away the answer. And I was like, how am I supposed to know which article this is? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, so I missed a couple from, from, because of that. Cause I was like, well, that's cool. That's in the title. <laughs> That'll give, they won't ask me that. Cause that's obviously in the title. Not so. Um, but so that, that's how I approach the journal articles. And again, there were some, <laughs> some situations where I'm like, nope, uh, didn't, didn't ask myself the right question or didn't read the right article. The good news was that was a fairly small proportion of the exam. Um, so, I wait when you are studying for the exam, my advice is not to spend an inordinate amount of time on journal articles and that um, you probably should do more like what I did. Read the things that are relevant because some of them are also going to provide you good review for other topics, right? Because the intro and the discussion and even just thinking about the topics when you're reading like the the methods and results is good review for, you know, if it's a cardiovascular paper, there's going to be some good stuff in there. So choose things that are just otherwise good things for you to know as a clinician um, and hope that they choose those articles to write the, the, the exam questions about. But it, again, it's a, a f- comparatively small proportion of the exam. And those are all on the multiple choice. I shouldn't say all. Most of those are on the multiple choice exam rather than the, the short answer exam. Um, so that was kind of how I approached the journal. So first call, you know, just based on titles. And that frankly got rid of a lot. I was pretty aggressive at culling. I was like recognizing that I only have so much time and I just called anything that I was like, yeah, that's not strong relevance. Like, oh, that could be, I don't care. I don't care. Um, so I, 
I think that was probably fair. There were also articles that I'm like, I know I read during the the residency. And so I would keep those on because I'm like, that's probably a good one because I've already got some familiarity with it um, to just like refresh myself on that. Um, So and, and if I read it during the residency, it's probably fairly relevant. <laughs> it's probably a good one. Like if my faculty brought this up, hey, this is an article you should read. I should, I should pay attention to that. So um, so that's kind of how I approached preparing. And then I was pretty I was pretty good about sticking to my calendar. Not perfect. I mean, I had to make some adjustments here and there. But that, that worked pretty well. I think I did a pretty good job of anticipating how much time I would need to spend. There were a few things I was wrong about. I'm pretty sure like cardiovascular, I gave myself two days and I needed like three. And even then I had to like kind of cut it off because um, there was just so much. And it's also, I, I like that subject. And so I ended up calling in a few other things. Some things didn't take quite as long um, as I thought they might. And, and that was, again, some of that was by design that I, I, you know, I just rounded things to the nearest half day or day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, How much total time? How many days? Weeks? Um, let's see. I finished in July, halfway through July, half of July, August. It was like around two months total. Mm-hmm. Um, so I probably did a month and a half of like full-time job is studying. So I would get up in the morning And I didn't like, I wasn't, I'm not a morning person. So I didn't get up at like five to start studying. That didn't really work. But I would kind of get up probably like around eight or so. And because my folks would go to work. And so I would get up, have something to eat. And then I would sit in my chair and I had my little lap desk with my book out. And um, it was uh, baseball season because it was summertime. So I would have like a baseball game on in the background, something I didn't really have to pay attention to, but a little bit of just something. And I would just boom, you know, read, yeah, read chapters, right? Good idea. Like what's that? all the nothing that's happening in baseball. And you're just oh, you bored. hush. You, just, you hush. You're so mean. <laughs> you can pass the time by studying. <laughs> you're such a stinker. Oh, man. So. It's going to be five minutes till he pitches the ball to the. To the oh, batter, stop. So Baseball's awesome. Base. Be quiet. So. <laughs> if only the World Cup had been going on. <laughs> yeah, that might have helped. So you're going to upset some people with that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so I would do that and then I would stop for lunch. Sometimes like my mom would come home and we'd have lunch and other times like they would get home from work at the end of the day and they're like, okay, you're taking a break. And then like we'd go for a walk or something and they're like, we're going to have dinner and, and that kind of thing. Um, they were they were very good. And again, I've been prepping them for a long time that like they wouldn't leave me with like a to-do list. Hey, can you clean the kitchen wall? It's like, no, they, they knew this was my full-time job. They The only time they were like, you need to stop. They're like, you need to take breaks, which was good. <laughs> you need to take a shower. No, I, I think I showered most days. Probably. I don't remember. You'd have to ask them if they remember. <laughs> um, but I took days like to go do other things, go to the movies, watch it. Like in the evenings when my folks were home, like I would spend some time with them. I'd still do some studying and I would make them help me. Like I would make them read flashcards and stuff like that. Um, but it, it that worked pretty well. Um, like I said, I was fortunate that they were able to take me in and that they were also understanding that this was my full-time job. So that's my other advice. Just because you have somebody who will take you in, they also need to understand that you are going to mooch off of them for the next month. Like you are not going to be, like you don't have the time to help and do chores around the house or run errands for them. That is not a thing because your full-time job is studying. Now, can you take a 15-minute break and do little things? Sure, but your full-time job is studying. And... And some, I like, I enjoyed this part. There were times like it was, it got old, but it was like, oh yeah, I have some time to really delve into these things. And some things like started to click that you're like, God, this would have been helpful to have really understood two years ago. Um, So, you know, there was some of that where you're like, I wish I had more 
time to have done this during my residency, which I think about now when I'm designing the next, the residency of the future, um, which I'm working on. We'll have to podcast about that some other time. But um, I, I, there were, I found this enjoyable. Now, two weeks before, I was like, no new material. That's the rule. And all I would do was go back through. So then I had my flashcards and previous stacks. And I'm like, I know everything from this stack. I would bring those out of retirement and I would check again. And invariably, I did pretty well on it. But there were some that I was like, crap, that has to go back in the repeat stack. And I, I would do it again. So I did better um, on that stack after leaving it for a few weeks and or longer in some cases. Um, but these were all stacks that I had gotten 100% right on at some point. And then I went back and I was like, okay, there's still a few that I needed to, because it's been, you know, four weeks since I've done it. So I brought everything out of retirement and kind of did that process again. Um, I also, there were certain things that I knew I would just have to memorize, that it's not really about learning this. It's just about memorizing. And that was like all the formulas. <laughs> Some of the formulas I knew yeah. because I'd been using them for three or four years. It's silly that you have to remember that kind of stuff. It kind of is, but that's the expectation. Is I wonder when they'll do go you know to the like, equation for you can blah, blah, use blah. your phone for the exam. Yeah, because you can in real life. Yeah. And you just know how to apply it. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be really helpful. Because sort of thing like if you have to look at everything up, you're not going to pass because it's going to take right. too long. Right. It's true. But, but if, if you can you use this as a like resource, a formula because, exactly. Or a yeah, drug just name. double check a factoid. Um, yeah, I think that's really because it's not like you can Google the answer to these questions. No, they don't exist somewhere, and it like you know some of them you you could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I that's that's another podcast too. Uh, <laughs> how how do you do that and and still make so the so hard part is facts like factoids and facts and like boom 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 we all agree is this are the easiest to write questions for and they are the easiest to grade and to say yes this is valid and we all agree that this is the single one right answer but that's also not the most useful stuff to be testing on so it's it's a it's a dance but at any rate um yeah i had a couple flashcards set aside that like these are formulas that i just need to memorize and like the last couple like the night before the exam in the morning of, I'm just going to read these one more time, you know? So things that I was like, I know. So I <clears throat> was studying for the last couple of weeks, except no, it was the last week. And then the last like three or four days, I did nothing before the exam. So this, this stresses people out when I talk about this sometimes, but I, after the exam, I was moving to South Africa because that's where my job was. And I was leaving the country and I was leaving my family and it was kind of this big thing. And my exam, I took it in Tennessee. That's where the uh, IVEX was that year. That's back when the exam was at IVEX. Ah. Um, so my parents and I, they, they drove with me. We drove from Michigan. That's where I was living at the time. My parents were in Michigan. And we drove from Michigan to Tennessee, to Nashville, Tennessee. And my other family, like my, my sisters and their family, like their kids and stuff met us there. Actually, no, it was just one sister with her kids met us. And we stayed in this like hotel for like three or four days, like a little family vacation. And it's like a bon voyage to Bobby before she leaves. Mm -hmm. And I hung out with them and I didn't do any studying for, I can't remember how many days it was, but it was probably oh, like I three days. I should have gone to Dollywood. We didn't do that. We just kind of hung out at like the hotel, at the pool. We probably did. I don't know. We, I think we went to a zoo one day. Um, but I hung out with my family and I didn't study for the exam. And I think that was an incredibly important thing for me to do. 
to get away from it for a little bit, allow some things to sit. Now, the the last day before the exam, like that that night, I was like, okay, bye family. I went and switched from the hotel we were staying in that was affordable and moved to the hotel where the exam, the conference and the exam was. And I had my own room and I was by myself. And then it was like, don't talk to me, leave me alone. I'll see you guys when I see you. Um, but for like that chunk of time, I was like, I'm not studying. And I, I think that was really good. I'm not saying everybody has to do this, but I think you should consider it. Um, it was nice to just decompress for a little bit. Yeah, not be so fatigued. Yeah, yeah. I that's yeah, that's a really good point actually, because being tired is not good like for your mental faculties. Like we know that being tired is similar to being drunk. And I can't imagine anybody saying, I know how I'll perform my best on this exam. I will get drunk beforehand. <laughs> um, that's a terrible plan. So you want to be able to be healthy um, and get, you know, get good sleep and that kind of thing. And I did all throughout that. Like I, like I said, I got up around eight, I studied throughout the day, and then I would stop it in the evenings, hang out with my parents or, you know, maybe see some friends or something like that. And then I would go to bed and, and that, like I kept it healthy. And I tried to remember that I had been studying for the prior three years. Yeah. Right. Like I had been seeing cases. I'd been talking to faculty. I'd been doing the benchmarks. I'd been doing um, journal club and all these things for three years. And that is all really valuable stuff. And I, there's a large chunk of the stuff on the exam that I knew because I'd been practicing for three years. I've been seeing cases. There's a lot of it that you just know. Um, and so I didn't want to discount that and recognize, like, I have a strong foundation for this stuff because I've been working really hard for, I mean, not just three years, but, you know, all the time before that. So, yeah, um, that's, that's kind of my story. That's my spiel. I do think some specific things, one, try to get organized in what's going to work for you and try to think of study techniques that will require you to come up with the information yourself. Don't just read notes. Don't just highlight and then reread the highlighted notes. Create something yourself. Um, what we know from brain science and what we know from the education of learning is that you will remember something better if you come up with it yourself. This, this is true for things like mnemonic devices. Mnemonic devices are wonderful. I came up with some ridiculous ones that don't make sense to anyone but me or they didn't. And then I share it with people and they're like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, but you're going to remember it. Um, and so I would tell residents over the years when I was studying, I came up with this and they're like, that's really dumb. And then they'll tell me later, I totally use that. <laughs> um, so mnemonic devices are also really powerful. And if you come up with your own, that's even better. I never really use those. No. Yeah. There's a Not bunch a of fan. them for like math and physics stuff. And I just don't use them. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. I, um, I think I it's, I'm not a very like, um, creative person. Not very like, fun. Like literature person. <laughs> Maybe. But here's what I've found. And again, I didn't really think about this before, but I mnemonic devices are better if I came up with a mnemonic device. If somebody else tells me like, oh, remember these things. Like I remember in school being taught like a mnemonic to learn the cranial nerves. I, I can't remember them. The, I can't even remember the mnemonic device let alone what the thing stood for. <laughs> um, and like over time, I've learned just what the cranial nerves are and like from practice, but the mnemonic devices didn't help me. Now, if I come up with a ridiculous mnemonic device, even if it's illogical to everyone but me, I remember that because I came up with it. And now I understand that it was the fact of coming up with it myself that helps me remember it better. Yeah, I think it's sort of like, I can't remember song lyrics. Yeah, like interesting. Movie lines. I'm really good at remembering song lyrics incorrectly. Yeah. Not 
remembering them incorrectly. I learn them like they, I hear something else and I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, that's totally right. And anybody says, I was like, you're wrong. Yeah, um, it's clearly wrong. Um, movie lines I'm very good at, but there's context with those things too. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, the kind of context that matters for me is like, I hear a sound, boom, I can, I can tell you the rest of that movie quote because I heard the music that played for that initial thing. And like, yep, I know what's going on. So it depends on what, you know, your triggers are. And, and again, the context, what are the kinds of things that help you remember stuff? Um, there's no such thing as visual learners and audio learners and, um, tactile learners. Like we all learn through different methods and it turns out, we all learn best if we can use all those different tactics. So like if you can use audio and visual and, um, you know, tactile and all, all of those things, the more you can combine things, the better. Um, so don't get into this whole, oh, I can't learn it that way because I'm a visual learner. That's baloney. That's my favorite. That, there are certain That's things that you, you can't I'm a visual learn. learner. Well, I just drew you a picture. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I wrote down the number five. Look, there it is. It's still, yeah. So like, No, you have to learn in the way that makes sense for what that topic is. What is the concept? But whenever possible, if you can use multiple techniques. So if you can draw something out, right? Like if you can, you're trying to, this is like, I don't know, very simple example. Okay, you're going to draw out the circulatory system. Like you can describe it verbally to me, but like, can you draw it? Not artistically well, like I don't really care if you can draw it, but can you draw the arrows and and do that kind of thing? Doing that might be helpful for you, but drawing is better than looking at someone else's art. Like that's better than like, oh, I'm a visual learner. No, do it yourself, create it yourself. That's the most important thing. And that is universal. Um, So if you want to learn something and remember it long-term, come up with it yourself. So write, you know, even if it's like, you read uh, a chapter in Silverstein and Hopper, and then immediately afterwards, you close the book and you try to write as much as you can remember from that chapter immediately afterwards. That is going to be a really useful thing. That's not what I did, but that would be a good thing to do. Just write down every, right after, write down everything you can think of. Then the next day, don't reread the chapter, do it again. Write down everything you can remember from yesterday's chapter. Probably won't be as good as what you did right afterwards. Now read it again and like figure out, like fill in the blanks. Where did you miss? Okay, you know, those, those are the kinds of things that, simple things that you can do. Another thing that I love is take a concept that's rather complicated and explain it to your roommate, your parents, your dog, your cat, whatever. Call up a friend, do it via Zoom, like set up a study group or something, but create like re like paraphrase is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Paraphrase your understanding, explain it in a way that somebody else could understand because that process is also really good for you. Um, And shorten it. If you can take a concept that the author in the book took three paragraphs to explain, try to explain it in three sentences, right? Try to, how do you get to the most, because now you're having to make judgments on what's the most important concept and how do I condense this? Try to limit your use of semicolons, but you get three sentences to do what it took them three paragraphs. Like, you know, those, those are the kinds of things that if I, I were planning out study techniques now after knowing what I know about how we'd learn, those are some, some things I would probably recommend. And I think mixing it up. Um, I probably would have mixed it up a little bit more. Some topics would probably be more amenable to that and others. I think my flashcards worked pretty well. Um, again, writing questions was probably the most useful part of that 
um, again, priming. I read the chapter to prime my brain. Okay, this is what the topic is going to be about. So I'm already I'm already thinking about things and making some connections. Um, and then doing it a second time, but with a different goal was probably probably a good thing. So now I've already been primed. So now I know what I'm looking for because I remember the things. I already have an idea in my head of what are the things that I think are important or what are the things that were misleading or confusing or that I, I know I need to, to cover. And then now on the third pass, I have to create my own questions. That's, I think that was definitely the most powerful, most important thing that led to the most learning. Um, and again, putting things in long-term memory. So yeah, that's my, that's my advice. Yeah. So you talk a lot about how to study all the facts. Okay. But how do you study the test? What do you mean? Like, so like, how do you know? I know what's on the test. Like if there's a multiple choice oh, yeah. and a shorter answer section, how yeah. do all the residents know that? Like, where is that available? Like if gotcha. you have, um, gotcha. like if you have a not, say you have a terrible mentor. Right. That doesn't like tell you anything. Yeah. So that's a good point. So how so do you on know the, like what the test is? Yeah. Because like? that's the a big website. part of it too. Yeah. On the ACFEC website, if you go, there's like the standards and guidelines. So a lot of the information is there. And that will describe when you, um, the year that you are, um, you get credentialed and you're going to take boards, the exam committee will send you information in advance mm-hmm. with like pretty far in advance, like several months in advance. I can't remember exactly when, um, but several months in advance with um, kind of an outline of what the exam is. Um, and if you're in a residency and you, if you're not like the only resident, like if you have residents that are a year or two ahead of you, you know, ask them to share, um, if, if they don't mind like sharing even just the outline, right? Like what, what did they tell you about the exam this year? Mm -hmm. So you can have an idea knowing that there are small things that could change from year to year, but, um, but it, it usually doesn't change that dramatically, but yeah, there are three sections on the exam, the short answer clinical exam. So that's day one. And then the second day are two other portions. There's the general multiple choice. And when I say general, I mean both large and small animal candidates take that same portion of the exam. The other parts, there's a separate exam for small and large animal candidates. So the clinical exam is different for the large animal candidates than the small animal. Um, And then there's the species specific multiple choice. So the general multiple choice exam, which is covering physiology and um, those kinds of things that won't matter if you're talking about a horse or you're talking about a dog or a cat. And then there's the species specific. And that's where like the literature is all just on that section. So 25% of the exam, you're eligible to have those literature, you know, journal-based questions, but it's not the entirety of that, that exam, but that's where the species specific stuff is. So it's like, okay, this, you need to know, you know, maybe toxicology stuff that's relevant to cats, but not relevant to horses or something. So Um, multiple choice seems straightforward. Like if you've been, you're probably, well, like (laughs) test taking wise. I know I hated it. Everybody, everybody's taking multiple choice, you know, yeah, they're familiar how to with do it. it. Yeah. But like the short answer, it's very different than what people have been doing. Well, honestly, like, yeah, it's been, you haven't had an exam in the exception to that four years, at least the exception to that, um, is that for ACVEC residents, they have twice yearly benchmarks. You remember those because we talked about those yeah. before. So the benchmarks are written not by the exam committee, but they are written by other uh, diplomats who have taken the exam at some point. And the idea is for them to write um, practice exam questions, right? You know, they're they're not the exact same format and they don't go through the same degree of scrutiny and revision and, you know, because they're, they're not high stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is these are the kinds of things you should anticipate. Yeah. So it and seems this like is the maybe kind of format. saving all those up and... Oh yeah, that's a really good point. I did that. I forgot to tell you guys that. 
I'm so glad you brought this up. Hiding secrets. Yeah. How did Bobby pass the exam? Oh, she did all those stuff. Oh yeah. And she did these. So they started doing the benchmarks during my residency. So I didn't have, we didn't have them for my first year. I I think it was, they started it during my second year. Yes, it was. It was during my second year because I remember getting feedback. Um, it's like, while your answers are technically correct, we expect you to go into more depth and blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, well then tell so me that. you said I'm right. Exactly. I, what I heard was I was correct. <laughs> um, at any rate, like my mentor signed off on those. He was equally like <laughs> concise. I like, yep, correct, correct. Anyway, I did save up all of the benchmarks that I had. Um, and there were a couple that I only had like my completed with the answers in them. Um, not an answer key, but like my answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forgot to keep like a blank copy. Do they give you an answer key for the benchmarks? They give the mentors an answer key. But oh, okay. That you as a, that, which are, they're supposed to go over it with you, but they don't just hand you the key and be like, here's all the, and some probably do. Um, and that's fine. But even just having the finished thing that I've gone over with my mentor, and then they give you feedback to like, if you got a bunch of things wrong, I guess they, they would tell you about that. Um, but you've Have gone you through considered it. considered another profession. <laughs> right. So, um, so what I did is, you know, some of those benchmarks were from like two years before. And so I compiled them all together, all the, the blank ones. And if I had, if I didn't have a blank one, I blanked them out. I basically took out the answers and mm-hmm. created a new file. So I put them all together as like one exam. And I can't remember like how much it was. And then I like gave myself a time limit and I just took the exam. And now I'd seen all of these questions before some, you know, six months before others two some odd years before, but I put them all together as one exam and I just took the exam. Yeah. Cause that's part of it too. It's like you can know everything and it just takes you too long. Yeah. Or you take too long doing something. And when, what I did, I did that. I can't remember when during my study phase I did that, but I, um, but I took that exam and then I graded it and I took it without, you know, specifically reviewing the benchmarks and I still got a lot of things wrong. (laughs) You know, it was like, even though I did this at one point, it was a long time ago. And, and the benchmarks sometimes require a lot more detail than is realistic for the exam. Like what is the specific, you know, some of them were, they wouldn't ask you that on the exam, but still it was good practice. And like you said, it was good to practice the test scenario. Now the benchmarks at the time um, were only short answer. Now the modern benchmarks, they have a short answer component and a multiple choice component, which I think is good. So then you could, you could set up two separate exams. You could say, here's the the short answer for those portion. And then here's a multiple choice, you know, mock exam for that. And I think that's a great thing to do. I only had it for the short answer, which in retrospect would have been nice to have the multiple choice because that was the part I feel like I struggled more on, on the exam. That's not my, that's not my scene. Um, but yeah, that was another thing that I did that was smart. So yes, yeah, save all of your benchmarks. If you're if you're smart, smarter than me, or just learn from me, save the blank version as a file and then add your answers to your own separate file and keep them separate um, and, and store them up and use them. Absolutely. I think that was a good thing. Um, gosh, was there other things? I, can't, I did that fairly early on in the study process too. Um, I think to try to help me identify like what are things, like that was a way to test like, do I really know this stuff? Mm-hmm. Because I, you can tell yourself, yeah, yeah, I know that. But when you actually answer the question, you're like, oh crap, I, I don't know that as well as I thought I did. So it was, a, it was another way for me to be like, maybe I should spend more time on this. Um, so kind of a, a, a needs assessment. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me, Tove. Mm-hmm. You're a good egg. Uh, what else did I forget? You and I hadn't met then. That would have been so helpful. Oh yeah. To have somebody do all my chores. 
Yeah, take care of me. Yeah, you could do all your chores. Make you all could my wear, meals. You could get like an ear mic and I could funnel all the answers into you. Okay, that's inappropriate. You're talking about cheating? No. <laughs> Team-based learning. <laughs> I'm I fairly confident that that would have harmed my score if you had been feeding me the answers. I meant you should just feed me. I wanted you to provide me with food. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you could have yeah. just mooched off me. Yeah, that would have been awesome. But yeah. But you're in the wrong state. So yeah, I, like I said, I was preparing my, my I almost said my owners, my parents. Uh, <laughs> as, my creators. Some, yeah. <laughs> I was preparing them. But like, if you're in a relationship, start preparing your partner for what this time is going to look like as well. So that, you know, you don't get into like regular fights about it because that's going to cause a lot of stress. Look, I need, you've been with me through this, you know, all this time. You've dealt with this residency. This is the, the final push. It's going to get real It's going to be the worst but I mean, like you're going to be home. It's going to be predictable. Um, it, again, carve out like reasonable times to take breaks and have meals. Like that's a good thing to do. But just don't, just make sure they understand like I cannot help with household chores. I cannot cook the meal. Right. I will eat it with you. And then you will do the dishes while I go back to studying. Like, but like start prepping them for that. Now, some of you like out there listening have kids. I'm pretty sure like legally you're not allowed to just stop caring for them for that chunk of time. I'm pretty sure like you're, you're required. You should try. So you're going <laughs> to, yeah, if you can, like, you know, this might be a great time depending on how old they are. Like, can you enroll them in summer camp? Like, is there a thing yeah. <laughs> that you could do? Like, think about that kind of that's stuff. Like, thing, that's, um, just spend, send them to hang out with their grandparents. If these are options for you. Yeah, there was one of the trainers for like the world's strongest man, Stan Efforting. He was talking about like, all the little things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. And it, one of his things is like, hey, if you have an animal, make sure they can't come in your room at night because yeah. you need to sleep the whole night. And if you have yeah. a yappy little dog that's jumping up on you, that's waking that's, you up. You're not going to be able to perform. You're not going to be as peak. healthy. Yeah. That's going to be true for taking an exam. Yeah. So yeah, again, everybody's going to have different challenges and everybody's going to have different access to resources to help them. But I think in general, it's fair to say that if you plan ahead, it's going to be easier to find that help and support than at the last minute you're like, holy crap, my kid's driving me nuts while I'm trying to study. Yeah, well, that seems like a great time to send them to grandma and grandpa's for the summer. That might not be an option for you. And that sucks. And I'm sorry if I'm suggesting that and you're like, screw you, Bobby. That's not an option for me. Okay. But like, what is? Like, start, think about creative ways that you can do that. Or like rope them into helping you mm-hmm. study. <laughs> All right. Mommy needs to study. I need you to read me these flashcards. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to depend on your situation. Now, do you have an infant? Um, you know, like a newborn? Well, they're going to have to start le- reading sometime. No. <laughs> um, again, how do you leverage the support systems that you have? Um, Obviously, we all don't have the same support system, but we all have something, right? People like none of us get here completely on our own. So um, don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, I definitely wasn't. I was not afraid to ask for help and to be like super selfish during this time. Be like, I, this is my job. I've been like working really, really hard. And if I do this, then I can eventually have a real job, start making money, and I can mm-hmm. start paying y'all back for all Otherwise, the things that I've Otherwise, I don't pass this test. It's all been for nothing. No, that's not entirely true. However, I really didn't want to have to pay to take it a second time. That just feels like cruel and unusual punishment to be like, oh, you didn't pass this exam. Pay us more money to take it again. I'm like what? <laughs> oh, 
Like, I don't want to have, yeah. I mean, I understand why we have to pay money because it costs a lot to create the exam. A it's new like exam those uh, face slap competitions. Me. Yeah, it's like that. It's a slap in like the face. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, you volunteered for this? Yeah. It is pretty funny. My, my thing, this isn't funny, taking and passing, or not passing boards. Again, I don't think not passing boards indicates what kind of a clinician you are. I, I don't think, there's plenty of reasons that have nothing to do with your quality as a clinician that can impact whether or not you pass boards. Testing anxiety, um, learning disabilities, if the test is in English and that's not your first language. Like there's all sorts or of Or you just things. got unlucky. Or yeah, you had, that's absolutely true. But basically control the things you can control. Like put effort into it, study hard, have a plan. Don't blow this off. Like don't blow it off. People who don't study for, uh, now sometimes there's good reasons. Like I had, you know, kids that I had to take care of and I wasn't able to study as much as I wanted to. Like Okay, but guess what? If you don't study as much as the somebody, like it's going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. If you can put the time and effort into it, that is going to dramatically increase your odds of passing. Another thing that could help is just ask your mentors. Yeah. Like, hey, what do you think I'm not good at? Yeah. Or what am That's I good That's a really good, good point. At? Yeah. Because they know. Yeah. Or like, do I need to study a lot for this? And yeah. they might be like, yeah, you do. You're not very... <laughs> Be You're not careful. The most astute person. Be careful with this because a lot of mentors, in their effort to be supportive, will be like, "You'll be fine. We don't have." And you're like, "That's not helpful. That's actually but like." So be clear that you're like, "Look, you've been very supportive. I appreciate that. What I'm looking for is some honest feedback to help guide me on what I should do and how I should focus my energy." So yes, I am awesome. I appreciate that you think that I'm awesome, but now also help me. What are the areas where I'm maybe slightly less than awesome? <laughs> and so just be mindful. And and for those mentors that might be listening, um, uh, my advice is please don't ever tell any of your residents like, oh, you'll be fine. I have all the confidence that you're going to, you're going to be great. That doesn't help them. All that does is make them feel even worse if they end up like, oh, now if I pass, everybody's going to be so disappointed in me. What I have always been telling my residents is I know what kind of doctor you are right now. The results of the exam do not change that. I have confidence that you can do this, but I also understand that if you don't pass boards on the first try, that there's all sorts of reasons why really good doctors don't, and that's okay. But here's some, you know, here's some suggestions for how you can increase your odds of passing on the first time. Um, and I, I think most of them appreciate that sentiment. It's like, I know you and I know what kind of doctor you are, and that isn't going to change because of the results of this test. Um, and I don't know, maybe we can hear from some of them if they yeah. found that to be useful or if they were like, oh, just tell me it's all going to be okay, Bobby. <laughs> and I think another thing. That's what that, you ask um, your parents for. They can, like you can do is your whole residency. If someone is doing something to help you, like giving you questions or mm -hmm. telling you what journals to read, do it. Mm -hmm. Do it in those three years instead of having to do it in the last yeah. Month. Yeah. I definitely had, uh, a, a definitely a mixed bag with some of that, um, over the years. Like I, I don't have any residents right now, but I, I used to do, um, like weekly practice questions and I'd send them to all the residents. And there were a couple residents that did it every single time, like, or nearly every time they, and there was, there was nothing. There was, yeah. you know, like, this is just you for you guys. You can save them up, like, a couple of them, but don't. But like, do some of them. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't do save them all Do it anytime you have chance. Yeah, if you miss one month in a while, no big deal. But the 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 ones that do it routinely as you go, like, yeah. and yeah, Take and advantage if, of you have a, mm -hmm. a mentor that'll do that. And ones that never did. Now, there are some who never did. And, there, and if I can go back in my mind and I think of the people, all of the people who did it, like, consistently, routinely, they pass boards on the first try every time. There were two camps in the group. There were some people who never did it 
and and some of those passports on the first try and some of them did not. But everyone who did it consistently, everyone that I know of when I was doing those, they all passports on the first try. Now, was that because doing those questions helped them? I'd like to think that's part of it. But really just that conscientiousness that like, I'm going to take the opportunities that are for mm-hmm. probably also fed into their, um, you know, study techniques later. It's like, okay, I've, I've got a plan. Yeah. I'm organized. Well, it's one less thing you. Yeah. Somebody else is, is offloading later. this for you. Like if somebody else is willing to do some of this work for you, take them up on it. Um, and it also will help encourage them to keep doing it. <laughs> I can tell you that too. Um, I did. I tried to keep it up when I um, left Florida um, to help the residents after it got really hard because I'm like, I'm not there. And I wasn't talking yeah. to them routinely. I did it for a little while, um, but it, it, it was a hard thing for me to maintain. But um, we've got some other ideas of what we can yeah. do there. We talked so. about making it as a new podcast. A new podcast, like a new series. Of, yeah. Yeah. Or subsection or. Yeah. Whatever. It'll be a subsection because it's $8 more for us to have a different. Uh, <laughs> is that all it uh, is? Yeah. $8 a month. I don't think it's that much. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, maybe people can give us, oh, this is a question I have and people can respond. Um, if you listen to the podcast. Nobody's listening more. This is over an hour. Oh, okay. We no, should probably wrap it up. No, you can go ahead. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was just thinking like if somebody wanted to join a podcast, if you're, if you're listen to a podcast, do you subscribe to it so that it like automatically alerts you or automatically downloads a show? And do you have like, since our podcast is fairly varied, do people, they, they want to listen to everyone or do they want to pick and choose? Or I only want some from this series. I really like the book club that you guys do, but I don't really like the other stuff. Do you care if they're all in the same channel? And you get some shows that sometimes you're like, meh, this one wasn't as good. Or I, I won't listen to that one because those aren't my bag. Um, but I really like it when it's this topic. Is that a thing? or Because Topher thinks that people don't care and you're used to getting your, like, just flooded with all the stuff. Um, yeah. And I'm like, no, I bet there's some people who would rather it was a separate podcast that they could be like, these are the ones I want. I just want these. Leave out all the other stuff. So that's my question. If you have a thought, feel free to reach out to us and tell us. Um, but also one more plug at the end that we started with. If you have other ideas. So again, thank you to Ute for giving us the suggestion. I hope this was helpful for you. Um, if it wasn't, feel free to email back and be like, nope, that wasn't what I wanted what? at all. <laughs> you did it terrible wrong. Advice. <laughs> you did it terribly. This was, this was useless. Try again. Your advice was essentially study a month and a half before and take three days off. That, wow. That was a terrible summary. Um, but it's also correct. It's also, it's while well, technically correct, <laughs> I would like you to provide a little bit more depth for your answer. Um, no. So, so thank you again for the suggestion. And if, um, if you're out there listening and you have other suggestions for different shows you would like us to tackle, um, please let us know. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it's been over an hour, so we're going to, we're going to wrap this up. Um, but hopefully you found this useful and we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.